Hi, I'm Josh Van Berkel. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. So my name's Jared. If you haven't met me before, if you're visiting, hey, Sean. That's my friend, Sean. Uh, Sean and I look quite a bit like each other from time to time. He's a slightly fitter version of me. But I was actually speaking in the Rangiro New Life School Assembly, and someone came up to me and just started chatting to me. And I thought, well, this person is very friendly. And they just chatter, 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 chatter. And then they just started saying, well, you've, you know, your life's pretty interesting at the moment. And I thought, well, yeah, I have a very interesting life. And they're like, chatter, chatter, chatter. And then they started asking me more questions. And I'm thinking, what does this person think that I actually do? And so I asked them a few more questions. And they're like, oh, are you not Sean? <laughs> and I was like, oh. No, I just thought you were a really friendly person that somehow knew me that I didn't know. Um, I thought, oh, you just look like my friend Sean Blamby. I was like, oh, he's my friend too. And that, that was on Friday. So that's pretty cool, eh, Sean? Yeah, but that took like a minute. That took a minute of my preaching time, so that cost everybody else quite a bit. So we'll just try and keep these moments to ourselves later on, okay? Hey, so my name's Jared. I love being at church here. Josh is my brother. Oddly enough... People get us mixed up quite a lot. Um, if you look at the d- degrees of separation, there's not a lot between, you know, Josh and Sean don't look very similar at all. But if you were to put us, me in the middle, if you combined Josh and Sean together, their genetics, <laughs> you would get me. That's a weird thought, eh? Um, I want to read out a, a how many... Um, two Bible verses, but they're connected. So I want to read out Luke chapter uh, 4, verse 18 and 19, okay? And really soak in these verses because uh, pretty much everything I'm going to say hinges on this, and I'm not getting any deeper in the Bible this morning than these two great verses, all right? So this, this is what you know, makes this morning legal. Um, so Jesus rolls out these scrolls, okay, and he's about to preach one of the most infamous messages of his life because after he preaches this message, instead of being like, this is really, really cool, they go, this is amazing. And then a moment later, they go, you know what? Change your heart. Let's murder him. And then they take him and they try and throw Jesus off a cliff. And then Jesus walks through the crowd as though he were invisible. I like to think at that moment, he actually just straight up became invisible. I was like, ha ha and it's weaved through. But this was the start of his message that made people want to murder Jesus. Jesus said this, and he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What a cool series of statements. Be like, hey, God's spirit is on me for these purposes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach the good news. I'm gonna set the oppressed free. I'm gonna deliver prisoners. I'm gonna restore sight to the blind. I'm gonna heal up the brokenhearted. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to accomplish these great endeavors. And then he said, this has been fulfilled in your hearing, uh, which is quite a bold statement if you're still feeling oppressed at that time under the power of Rome. You'd be like, oh, no, it hasn't. Um, 
But this is what he, he was laying out. This is why I have come. And I wanted to share this passage because we're looking into intimacy. Um, and I don't know if you've ever tried to make a friendship with somebody by having deep quality moments of gazing into each other's eyes uh, when you're starting off as friendship. That would be a really weird thing to do, okay? And I want to share this passage this morning because the Spirit of the Lord is on us not just so that we can have great quality moments of time alone to each other, gazing uh, lovingly into each other's eyes, but also to do stuff, uh, which is really great, especially if you're a guy, because guys like to do stuff. I've never hung out with Sean and just, just stared at him. I feel so connected right now. I feel like we're such great friends. You know, we don't do that. We go and do stuff together. And so Jesus goes, you know what? The Spirit of God is on me. I've got this great level of intimacy with God, but I, I recognize it. We don't just hang out together. We do stuff together. And so the question really that I want to bring this morning is, what is the Spirit of the Lord on your life for? The Bible says that when we give our lives to Christ, that the old man is gone, the new man comes, that we've been crucified in Christ Jesus and we've been resurrected in Christ, that we're seated in heavenly places and that our body becomes a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. So the Spirit of the Lord, if you have given your life to God, the Spirit of the Lord is on you. He is in you and He is on you. He is all around you. The question is, for what purpose? What is the purpose that the Holy Spirit is wanting to outwork in your life and through your life? Jesus had a really clear understanding. And it's like, the Holy Spirit is on me to achieve these things. When I hang out with Josh, a lot of the time we like to go play golf. And, and it's quite funny. The other day we were playing golf, and we're so hilariously bad at golf uh, if you want to see Josh get actually angry, I saw Josh throw his golf club the other day. <laughs> and I was laughing so bad that I actually fell over onto the ground. <laughs> Flip side, if you want to see me get even angrier, come watch me play golf. And if you want to see Josh almost wet himself laughing, come watch Josh watch me play golf. But as we build friendships with one another, we build friendships with people and stuff like that, we actually start off first by finding common ground, finding things that we're both interested in. When I met my wife, I discovered very quickly that she loved movies. And at that time, I was working uh, for a TV uh, studio thing, making really budget documentaries. So I loved movies. I loved going to the movies. I loved watching documentaries, all of those things. And so we started watching movies together, then talking about the movies and stuff like that. Then I discovered she loved food. And I love food. And we're still just friends at this time. And so I would invite her to come over to my flat. I'm making tea at the flat and stuff like that. Come over. And, and she quite fancied me at that time. And she, <laughs> nine times out of ten, would I give that initiative, you know, I'd send her a text, hey, come over and hang out at the flat. She would have just eaten dinner. But she didn't want to say anything because she wanted to hang out. So she'd come over and have another meal with my flatmates and I. 
And uh, she doesn't mind me sharing this because it's just, you know, it's a historical fact. It's not a judgment, it's a factual observation. Um, <laughs> during the three months of we were like, are we friends? Are we more than friends? You know, eating double dinners. She put on five kilos <laughs> through the double dinners. But we connected over food and we connected over movies. And then during doing those things together, we ended up building a lot more of an intimate friendship that then, you know, got, you know, asked her out. Six months later, asked her to marry me. Eight months after that, got married. A couple years after that, we had Judah, and then life just went downhill. No, I'm kidding, buddy. <laughs> you can come live with Josh and his dog that has diarrhea. Which I only know because I took that dog for a drive yesterday in the back of my car. And you think that's bad enough, turns out it's got a bit of a vomiting bug too. Wow. To be able to sustain such first world problems, friendships must run deep. But here's, here's, here's kind of the problem of what we, can, we do in Christianity is we go, I want a really deep, authentic, intimate relationship with God. And then we go, God, I want to know you really, 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 really well. And we, we, we read the Bible, which is great. And we worship, which is great. And then we hang out in His presence, which is great. And then we kind of go, oh, if I'm being really honest with myself, I'm kind of bored do you ever have that sometimes in your relationship with God? And you go, I, don't, I shouldn't feel bored because I'm spending time with God. And if I admit to myself that this is boring, then either I'm admitting to myself that I'm not actually experiencing His presence and therefore I'm failing in my endeavors in this, or maybe He's kind of boring. And therefore, do I want to deepen my relationship with Him because He's kind of boring? Uh my wife and I, at the moment, we're doing an extended period of time of just no media. Okay, no, no TV, no Facebook, no YouTube, none of that stuff. And you start discovering quite quickly the different ruts that you can have in your relationship of, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. We've talked about everything. And I'm like, we have talked about everything. You're right, honey, we have. And I've discovered I was wrong about most of it. I'm pleased that I've been realigned in my thinking. You know, but you can't just talk the whole time. You've got to do stuff together. You've got to go out and have fun. You've got to go do a zip line through an adrenaline forest, have a shared experience. Josh and I were talking about that yesterday. The things that accelerate the deepening of a relationship more than anything else is a shared experience. Whether that's a fun experience, a scary experience, or whatever, you've got to have shared experiences. So we were looking at having an intimate relationship with God. You know, the questions we want to ask ourselves are, what is it that His Spirit is on me for? And then, are we having shared experiences in this area? And to kind of discover, if you like, what His Spirit is on you for. Because it's a vast thing, really simple thing is, what is it that He likes that I like? You know, that's a good way to sneeze, Harrison. That's quite cute. <laughs> you know, it's not a big, complicated thing. If you want to make friends with someone, you first discover, do we have things in common? If we have things in common, then let's do those common things together 
And at the end of doing those common things together, if I feel energized or I feel like I've enjoyed my time with you, let's plan another time we will do something together that we both like doing. And once we've done something two or three times, we might branch out a little bit. And then we might try things that I've never done before that you really like, and I might actually like those things too. So what I want us to do this morning, because it's not super complicated, because living with Jesus is actually pretty simple. It's just that we don't do it very diligently a lot of the time is I want us to break into groups and have a bit of a discussion. You can go anywhere between two to five people in your group, and we're going to have five to seven minutes for this, so not a big yarn, but just talk about what are some of the things that you are passionate about in life and how doing things with God or what doing those things with God might look like. Because you might go, oh, I've got a great passion for this, but I don't understand how this would fit in God's kingdom. I love art. Someone else in your group might be like, well, God's the most creative being in the universe. Have you ever thought about asking him, you know, how are you guys doing this together, what that would look like in an everyday life? We don't have to over-spiritualize things. One of the most fun things I've ever had that kind of deepened my relationship with God was that we wrote a book together. And I would, I'd start writing this just made-up story, and I would talk to him about the characters, and he would say things like, oh, I think it would be really cool if they did this. And it was just fun doing a project with God, doing something creative together that no one's ever really seen, but we were able to spend time together doing something that wasn't super serious for a change. So break into groups right now. We can put a little bit of background music on or something like that so it's not awkward city, and um, get into twos, threes, fours, and fives, and discuss you know, what is it that you're passionate about and what is it that God is passionate about and how those things might intersect so you've got something in common with the creator of the universe to have fun together building friendship. Awesome. Let's do that.